Eric Roberts is a fucking man He's the greatest fucking actor since acting began We should give him every medal, every trophy and award He's the greatest fucking actor that you've ever seen or ever heard Ding-a-ding-ding, it's episode number 79 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man, the world's most judgmental Eric Roberts-related podcast. I'm Doug Tilly, and joining me as usual is the Virginian, Liam O'Donnell. How are you doing today, Liam? Oh, Doug. Oh, Doug. Oh, Not, Doug. You don't sound so great, Liam, I have to say. I ate too much Mexican food for dinner. I ate a lot of Mexican food for dinner. Now, Liam, what is your favorite kind of Mexican food? Uh, chorizo tacos, and they have to be traditional tacos, so that means meat, onion, a little bit of cilantro, that's it. If you put fucking lettuce or fucking cheese mm-hmm. or, God forbid, fucking sour cream up on them tacos, I'm going to get real mad. Now, d- describe your perfect tortilla to me, Liam. <sighs> this is Flour actually- or corn? I know, this is a big thing. That's why I want to have you yeah. answer it. So, okay, I want to say corn, and and often, like, so tonight, I didn't get tacos, I ordered an entree, oh, do you want, what kind of tortillas do you want, and I ordered corn, um, but in reality, though I will order corn because I don't have them very often, so it's kind of like a neat thing, I think I still prefer flour, which kind of makes me a sellout, but it is what no, it is. Well, you might know that your uh, friend and mine, Maddie Matheson, also prefers the flour tortilla. Yeah, but I don't think of Maddie as like an authentic, uh, uh, t- you know, Mexican food guy. What? He's just a he's just a funny, loud Canadian that likes good uh, music. Yeah, I, that's why him and I share so much in common. Uh, oh, shut up, uh, Liam. Today's guest is a writer, <laughs> podcaster, and vaping enthusiast. Uh, you might know him as the co-host of my other podcast, No Budget Nightmares. It's Mo Porn joining us for the first time. How you doing, Mo? Oh, I'm just peachy. Mo's having a rough day, so we're going to be really nice to him on Eric Roberts' fucking man. <laughs> no one's ever nice to me. <laughs> well, well, in this episode, we're going to treat you with kid gloves, and we'll save any you know bile for both the movie we're going to talk about a little bit later, and for Liam for having such bad opinions about Mexican food. Mo, do you have any opinions on Mexican food? Yeah, you should like load it up with cheese and sour cream and... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I am not like, I mean, look, I I have a great appreciation for traditional Mexican cuisine, uh, you know, and give me a nice fish taco with cabbage and crema and whatever. But yeah, otherwise, if I'm making them at home, I'm I'm loading that shit up with cheese and sour cream and all the other horrible stuff that you really shouldn't be putting in your body. Hey, you know what? It's your choice, man. Your body, <laughs> your body, choice, choice. <laughs> which is a theme that's going to be uh, uh, running throughout tonight's show, as we'll get to a little bit later. I want to get actually jump over back over to Liam for a second. Liam, fish tacos, yay or nay? I have a death allergy to fish, so mm-hmm. I'm a nay on that one. So, so, so I should not show up to your place with a plate full of fish tacos. <laughs> no, 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 no. And it's I can do I can do shellfish, but I can't do like fish fish. Okay, isn't so it, I was gonna say, isn't it normally like the opposite? Like most yeah, people can do fish, but they can't do shellfish. Yeah, for some reason the bugs don't fuck with me, but actual fish, fish, ugh, death. Uh, wow. Well, 
Well, that is unusual, but just another in a long line of unusual things about one Mr. Liam O'Donnell. So, Liam, just just so we would recognize it, unless in, in case something happened during the recording of an episode, what are the symptoms that would uh, occur <laughs> if you were to eat? I'm just going to pull out a fish, a tilapia. If you were to eat a tilapia sandwich, <laughs> what would happen to your body? Uh, I would go into anaphylactic shock. Uh-huh, great. Uh, so... You know, my throat would start to close, and I would get hives, and I'd have trouble breathing. Holy shit. Uh, what what tends to happen because I don't usually have a lot of fish, but sometimes there'll be a little bit of fish or something. Usually, what happens is that um, I start to get a little bit of mucus, and that makes me feel sick, and then I just start throwing up. Does this mean that you won't go f- out for sushi with me? Um. Yeah. I mean, I can go for sushi, but then I'll only get like eel. And shrimp, mm, and that's yeah. it. And yeah, I have to good. ask, and I they always get so mad because I'm always like, "Is the crab real crab or fake crab?" And then they always get real pissy about it. Uh, every place I've been where I've had to ask, they they don't like me to ask if it's not real crab. They get real mad about it, and I'm like, "I'm not being picky. I I'll die." It's great because <laughs> just think about the horrible things they're doing to your sushi after you insult them by asking if it's real or fake crab. By the way, the answer is always fake crab. Always. No, I've had real. I've had real crab places. No, nope. where... I don't think so. Right. Okay, right. well, I would know, Doug, because I would die. Okay, well, I <laughs> look. It's I, I. I didn't want to just come out and say it, but I do think that your allergy is at least seventy five percent in your head. <laughs> <laughs> just sure, pure, purely psychosomatic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Mo. Do you have any allergies? Uh, no, Mo. When was the first time you were aware of a little actor named Eric Roberts? Uh, Jesus Christ. Um, mm-hmm. Agreed. <laughs> aware? I mean, I guess best of the best. Probably the first thing I actively like knew I was watching an Eric Roberts movie. And what were the, what were your thoughts while watching that? Now he had he has tremendous hair in that movie. He really does. Mm-hmm. He really does. I I remember thinking this guy's not a martial artist. <laughs> uh huh. Um, <laughs> But, you know, he uh, he he's he's a good enough actor to, you know, to carry the film, so to speak. Um, And thank goodness for that Korean team who are all fantastic martial artists (laughs) or else that movie would have been uh, not 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 so good. Well, I think you're forgetting uh, about a uh, a, an all star named Chris Penn. Well, Chris uh, Penn, I mean, that you know, with the cowboy hat. Ooh. Yeah, well, you do have a lot of memories about Best of the Best. But what's your favorite Eric Roberts performance? Um, gee, man, you know, yeah, I, I, I can, I, I can see how you would be surprised to be asked that question on this. Yeah, podcast. yeah, I mean, I've, I've never been asked about Eric Roberts before. <laughs> um, I, I honestly, I don't know. I have well, no idea. Maybe after this episode, it will be the film that we're going to be talking about. Probably not. Probably not, but possibly. (laughs) So I'll tell you what. We're going to talk about this in more detail in the Roberts Report. But let me just uh, spur your memory because a lot of talk has been occurring over the last week about the fact that it's the 10th anniversary of the release of a little movie called The Dark Knight, directed by one Mr. Christopher Nolan. Uh, Now, you know, a lot of people have uh, strong opinions on the old Dark Knight. Liam, are you a fan? I... You know, you weren't on the episode of Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man where we covered this. So this is actually brand new territory for me. Yeah, I I like it. Uh, but I, 
it's one of those movies where I haven't really been inclined to rewatch or like return to it in any serious way. Um, I, I remember when I saw it thinking that it was a bit overstuffed, you know, like uh, the either the Joker or Two-Face would have been sufficient. Over to you, Mo. Now, Mo, uh, the uh-huh. reason I bring up The Dark Knight, of course, is because it has a supporting performance by Eric Roberts. Uh, and in fact, it is the performance that when I talk to people on the street and they're like, you do what? An Eric Roberts podcast? Well, who is Eric Roberts? I'm like, he's in The Dark Knight. And they're like, wow, you mean Michael Jai White? And I'm like, no, no, no. Anyway, Mo, <laughs> are you a fan of The Dark Knight? Uh, it's the only of the Christopher Nolan films, uh, Batman films, that I actually care for. And and much like Liam said, I don't find myself going back to it very often. But, you know, I mean, I think I, I've watched it, you know, four or five times. <laughs> I don't go yeah. back to it. I've watched it five times. Which yeah, is- five, time, five times in ten years. <laughs> that is actually still a pretty high percentage. It's once every two years. There's very few movies that I can say that I return to once every two years. Liam, what's a movie that you return to at least once every two years? Big Trouble in Little China. Uh-huh. What's mo- another uh, one for you? No, no, I don't need any. Uh, hey, look, uh, we know. One. Get off of John Carpenter's jock for a I second. can't. I love him so much. <laughs> I just love him so much. What's another movie uh, for Jesus you? Christ Superstar. Actually, I watch Jesus Christ Superstar a lot, too. Mo, what's one for you that isn't The Dark Knight? That I watch every other year or so. Yeah, or, uh, or more often. Or Yeah, like RoboCop. Yeah, I'll, that's it. I'll a- go back to um i find myself going back i like i've got like my top five and i try to watch those every few years uh so you know like better off dead or say anything i'll try to i'll try to revisit every now and again um i mean really most of john hughes films oddly enough uh, i tend to watch at least once every other year how about Uh, 16 candles no not as much (laughs) Not not as much Although, ironically enough, you know what I do watch every other year? Like, I try to, like, set my timer by it. Every other year, I, wa- I revisit the entire series of Golden Girls. Hmm. Hmm. Even the Golden Palace? No. God. Oh. No. Nobody. No. Even, even Golden Girls fans don't watch Golden Palace. Well, obviously, I've I've stumbled into a fandom I have no knowledge about whatsoever. <laughs> you know what, uh, Blanche? She liked to fuck a lot of guys. That's why she was my favorite. There we go. Let's talk about the latest Eric Roberts news on The Roberts Report. It's The Roberts Report for episode number 79 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man. And as per usual, we start with a deep dive on the man himself's Twitter feed. You can follow Eric Roberts on Twitter at Eric Roberts, all one word. And boy... Eric Roberts has been tweeting a lot lately, a lot of really interesting stuff, guys. Uh, Back on July 15th, he posted a photo of a young child uh, kissing a chicken, and uh, and he uh, entitled this this post, Chickens Are For Cuddling. So I'm going to start with our guest here today, Mo Porn. Mo, are chickens for cuddling? Well, yeah, I mean, you cuddle them up real nice, and then you snap their neck and cook them and eat them. Oh my goodness! I don't know if Eric Roberts and his fans would like to hear you say that, Liam. I, <laughs> I know you don't, Liam. <laughs> Liam, you are straight edge. Okay. Are, ch- <laughs> are chickens for cuddling? I don't know how those two things are related. What? Uh, 
Uh, uh, uh, I'm going to go with no, actually. Like, oh, boy. I understand that chickens might not be for eating, though I tend to eat them. But if they're not for eating, I'm okay with that. But for me, then they should be for not fucking. Like, either what? you raise the chicken. <laughs> well, not, not, I mean, not fucking, not fucking with. Oh. In other words, in other words, like if we're not going to raise animals for consumption, then I'd rather we just leave them the fuck alone and stop trying to like make them our friends. Like I, I, I really, really think word to miss there. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. I, I, I was, I was saying it, but yeah, I, I don't get the like. The, obviously, there are animals that are very domesticated, but I just feel like th- that I'd prefer not to if if I had the option, have people cuddling chickens. Like I'd rather just leave the chickens alone and let them do what they want to do. If for some reason a chicken suddenly just wants to be cuddled and is like all mm-hmm. trying to be friendly with you, I guess. But I don't know. I, I feel like we, as humans, we really want to like make every animal cuddly. And I, I'm just kind of like, they don't need that. Just leave them. Just let them be animals. They don't need to be our buddies. Last but, week, my wife birds was... Aren't fucking cu- birds aren't cuddly anyway. I mean... Uh, well, like, look how cuddly the photo of this child kissing this chicken is. That and, chicken looks like it wants to murder that child. Yeah, like, exactly. The chicken's thinking right now, like, can I kill this being? Yeah, how fast can I peck his eyeballs out? That's what he's thinking. Well, over the past week, my wife has <clears> been doing some house-sitting for a friend of ours, and that friend has chickens in their backyard. So she was there to take care of the chickens. Now, the chickens are specifically to provide eggs. And in fact, they're rented chickens. Apparently, you can rent chickens for a number of months just to, I don't know, for the experience of, of taking care of chickens and getting eggs. Uh, so I spent a lot of time with chickens over the past couple of weeks, and I have to say, I'm going to disagree with the <laughs> two of you. Uh, I'm not going to say they're for fucking. I don't know what the hell that was all about, but <laughs> but I but I I, I like I, I like how Doug zoned in on the question I was just about to ask. <laughs> but uh, they I thought they were quite cuddly. They they walked around following you. We gave them watermelon. My wife made a special frozen treat that she hung from a little rope, and they all pecked at it. It was actually pretty cute, Liam. And honestly, I find both of you a little disgusting. <laughs> Because of your inability to uh, to uh, find affection for an animal just because it isn't fully domesticated, Liam. I, again, I think the need, the idea that animals fall into two categories, those for which we mean only death and those for whom we can imagine that they are our friends is like really a bummer to me. And I really just think that there should be a third category of I respect their existence and I won't fuck with them and I don't need them to be my buddy. Quick, uh, quick follow-up tweet. Uh, in fact, this was actually tweeted before by Eric Roberts. He on July fifteenth, he tweeted, "Life reeks of sadness these days. Have you noticed?" Hashtag solution. Hashtag kindness. Hashtag giving. Now, Mo, I think that you agree that life reeks of sadness these days. Would that be correct? Um. Yeah. Only for the last uh, thirty-nine years or so, <laughs> for, for me at least. <laughs> But think about how great things were before that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Liam, do you agree with hashtag solution, hashtag kindness, hashtag <laughs> giving? You know, there's been a lot of conversation uh, on social media, Liam, about how maybe it's time for us to stop the fussing and the feuding and the fighting and to reach across the aisle, Liam, and uh, and shake the hand of our 
political rivals, people who uh, who maybe have strong opinions that do not necessarily reflect our own. Um, and um, I'm sure, Liam, that you don't have any strong opinions about this at all. <laughs> uh, <to> con- <laughs> it, it, I actually think I actually think it's uh, a real denigration of the concept of kindness to assume that the best option is to find those whom wish us the most harm and to pretend that there is no difference between us. Uh, I think it's a, a great act of kindness would be to demand of those who are being inhuman that they act human. Like, I think that's actually kindness is to is to say your existence is based upon the dehumanization of masses of people. And that is just not a tenable way to exist. So my act of kindness is demand that you be different. Uh, I think that's much better than just being like, oh, they don't know any fucking better. We'll just treat them, you know, like it's not happening. Mo, there's a there was a singer named Otis Redding, and he said that we should try a little tenderness. Now, mm. uh, now, do you think, Mo, that we should try a little tenderness towards, let's say, white supremacists? Um, mm-hmm. no, no, I'm no? good. I'm good. Okay. I'll pass. I'll pass. Right. Yeah. A, I know it's a controversial. Speaking of white supremacists, it's not controversial. <laughs> it, it apparently is controversial, actually, which is a oh. super bump. That's well, so, life life does so reek weird. of sadness these days. That is so weird to me. I mean, come on. You know, you, you've got people who are literally chanting for the death of entire races of people, and we're supposed to be like, no, it's okay. You know, they just think differently than we do. No. Uh-uh. On July 14th, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. On July 14th, Eric Roberts tweeted, Childhood trauma is like a rich dessert. Not good for you. Lots of layers. Something to avoid. I bet Melania's jacket would have cared about that. To forget is to repeat. So, Liam, any thoughts on that? <laughs> I, I find this a little disingenuous because I've watched uh, Eric Roberts eat a dessert and he treats it with <laughs> a lot of care and concern and, and investment. It, it was actually, it seemed to me, well, the most interesting part of his day. So, In, in some uh, ways, it, he did sort of treat it as something to avoid. Uh, up until the point where it is something to be devoured. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, I, I think that uh, at a base level, I agree just the idea that that um, childhood trauma can can haunt us and be an issue and whatever, whatever. But I, I, I don't know. I, I think uh, I think it's a little bit of a simple metaphor. Mo, would Melania's jacket have cared about that? Oh, uh, well, you see, here, here's the thing. That was so many days ago, and there's been so many scandals since then, so I don't even remember what her fucking jacket said. I have to be honest. I can't quite remember exactly what it said. And also, I think even on July 14th when this was tweeted, it was a little bit out of the news cycle. Yeah, and and that's the crazy part is that, you. I mean, like, in any other presidency, that alone would have been the scandal, and now it's like, oh, it's the next day new scandal. So, Well, I guess Eric Roberts' point is well made to forget – is to repeat. Yeah, and we, daily. We both, we both forgot. Liam, what did it say on her jacket? Uh, I don't care. Do you? I was like, I really don't care. Do you? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. I really don't care. Do you? Well, you know what? I do care. Yeah. Great. Anyway, Mickey Rourke. <laughs> this is exclusive at the Daily Mail. Uh, Mickey Rourke is playing a Nazi-loving white supremacist in a new film called Nightwalk. Yes, the great Mickey Rourke 
returning to the silver screen. Uh, he's playing a member of the Aryan Brotherhood, a notorious neo-Nazi prison gang in the movie set to be released in 2019. And... As you may have already guessed, uh, this is going to be a, um, a reuniting of Mickey Rourke with Eric Roberts. Yeah, uh, the ind- independent movie stars veteran actors Eric Roberts and Richard Tyson in supporting roles. A Pope of Greenwich Village reunion. Uh, what are your general thoughts, Mo, on Mickey Rourke? You know, Mickey Rourke, the actor, he actually I like gave... how he asks you a question and it just keeps going. <laughs> Mickey Rourke, the... Yeah, the actor, yes. <laughs> the actor, he actually gave the title to this podcast. He, in a speech, he once said that Eric Roberts is the fucking man. And I even used that a, a, on a video package that I, I played in front of Eric Roberts, the actor himself. What do you think about Mickey Rourke, Mo? I think this picture is fucking terrible. It's a weird picture, but some of his pictures look kind you know of what weird. It, you know what it looks like? Okay, here here we go. Here, here's what it looks like. It looks like Michael Myers trying to be sexy after putting on some self-tanner. It does kind of look like a Michael Myers mask that someone has painted flesh-colored. Uh, not, not a criticism. It's of, not uh, a criticism at all. It's just that's like it's just an odd, candid shot. It really is. He I mean, is I'll, sick. I'll, I'll he, give he, the guy credit. You know, like I mean, he 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 for everything that's happened to him, he does look good for his age. You know, hell, I don't even have to put the qualifier on him for everything that's happened to him. He does look good. He's sixty-five but, years old, and he's no right, spring exactly. chicken. Yeah, you know, and he's in significantly better shape than I'll probably ever be in. But um, Mo, Mo I mean, speaking of removing qualifiers, <laughs> <laughs> but um. But yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm a fan. I, I like his work. He's he's always uh, interesting to watch, to say the least. Um, he's a very brave actor, and he makes a lot of interesting decisions in true. his acting. And you know what? I think we need more of that. Liam, do you agree? I know we've talked about Mickey Rourke a little bit on this podcast before. Uh, I feel like we, we've mistreated Mickey Rourke in some ways because he had his comeback a few years back. He actually did take a few interesting roles, and then we kind of let him fade away again. Yeah, I. but I think partly that is because after The Wrestler, people assume that all of his choices would be as similarly endearing to art house audiences. Uh, I see. And they definitely were not. And I think that, that the, his switch from The Wrestler to other more actiony roles was not i think what I, I don't think there was a huge audience waiting for him to come back as like a cool action guy i i always am happy to see him in performances but i have to admit that these days i do in prefer to see him in supporting roles where he can bring a little bit of that kind of quirkiness without kind of overwhelming the whole thing. So I am looking forward to seeing what he does with this role. Though I have to be honest, honest, I'm a little burnt out on the whole Nazi white supremacist thing. Maybe it's just because we're living with it every goddamn day. Yeah. Yeah. It could be cool. I mean, I'm open to it, but I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm definitely not convinced just in, there's not enough information there that I'm like, Oh, this sounds awesome. You're you're open to Nazism and white supremacy. It's really we're getting a lot of information. <laughs> Weirdly, they're not open to me though. I don't know what the deal is. Something about being Puerto Rican rubs on the wrong way. I don't know. Uh, you know what? That's the old neo Nazis. Things are, <laughs> hey, things are opening up in the whole neo Nazi world. They're very inviting. It's an inclusive place. I think you know oh, that that makes sense. You know, it's actually kind of funny. The uh, the Aryan Brotherhood chapter of my old my old old town high uh, school. <laughs> 
my old uh, town, New Haven, uh, actually has uh, black members. That's and they hate, and yeah, and they hate black people just as much as the rest of them. It's really a wild thing to to look at. Nambla, we're not killers. Uh, <laughs> recently added to the ever expanding Eric Roberts IMDb page is Honey in the Head from director Till Schweiger, uh, who you might know as playing Sergeant Hugo Stiglitz in Quentin Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards. I actually thought that. Um, that he almost stole that movie. He's one of my favorite characters in he's that particular film. Character. Yeah, he's yeah, the he, best character in that. I was actually kind of hoping that he would have, uh, I mean, did, would have went on to sort of bigger and better things. He's mostly, he's done some Hollywood roles, but also has done a lot of German work and actually directed a number of different films before Honey in the Head. This is about a man suffering from Alzheimer's, embarks on a final road trip with his granddaughter, uh, as a all-star cast, including Claire Forlani, Emily Mortimer, Jacqueline Bissett, Matt Dillon, the great Nick Nolte, uh, Till Schweiger himself, and Eric Roberts as Dr. Holst. Uh, Liam, were you a fan of uh, Till Schweiger's performance in Inglorious Bastards? Yeah, I thought he was very um, engaging in that role and menacing, which I think is what the role calls for. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that it, it was named after Hugo Stieglitz, one of my favorite uh, weird exploitation actors. I, I enjoyed it altogether. Hugo Stieglitz is in a movie called Tintorera which is sort of a Jaws ripoff that also involves a lot of group sex, Liam. Uh, first of all, don't pretend like I haven't seen that movie multiple times. And second of all, um, it is so unrelated to Jaws, it has a shark in it. Uh, it does. Other than that, it's a sex movie. It, it has a lot of Mondo footage of, of, of a, a fish getting slaughtered. Yeah, exactly. There's not there's, it. It certainly doesn't focus on the shark. That's not really what the movie's about. All right, yeah, um, you don't have to convince me. I did see it. <laughs> what about Have you seen Night of a Thousand Cats? No. Have you seen a much more superior film that you must search out immediately? Have you seen Survive? Exclamation point. Yes. The, uh, okay, the film about the rugby team who had to eat themselves. That also that story was turned into a movie called Alive, which is different from Survive. Exclamation point. Mo, can you say to me? Say goodbye to your Nazi balls. No. Please. All right, fine. Uh, say goodbye to your Nazi balls. That's pretty good. Let's hear it from you, Liam. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Liam, you appeared in the uh, beloved film Creed, and now you won't do a little acting for us on Eric <laughs> Roberts is the fucking man? No, I don't do accents. It's uh, blow me. Well, just do... Well, hey, blow me. <laughs> <laughs> Liam, will we be checking out <laughs> Honey in the Head? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We uh, we uh, made a blood oath to watch the life and work of actor Eric Roberts. Yeah. So we yeah. have to watch uh, Honey in the Head's an unusual title, don't you think? It's weird. <laughs> Liam seems done with the whole podcast thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I, we're gonna. I yes, swear, please. I swear, I'm sitting here listening to him talk, and I'm like, this is me on No Budget Nightmares. <laughs> Fucking done. I, I feel like, so much less time to get there. I feel like I'm an exhausting presence, but that's okay, everybody. What we're gonna do is we're gonna take our first break. Uh, we're gonna uh, pump Liam full of B12 vitamins, and we're gonna we're gonna return to talk okay. about we're gonna talk about 2014's Scavenger Killers. We got a lot to say about this one. Join us right after this. Thank you. 
drug forces are the same that bar crosses. Some of those that work forces are the same that bar crosses. Some of those that work forces are the same that bar crosses. Some of those that work forces are the same that bar crosses. Bonnie and Clyde are reinvented in Scavenger Killers, where a charming judge and a hot criminal defense attorney go on a maniacal killing rampage with bizarre yet somehow believable FBI agents, including a physically powerful, condescending mute with wooden legs and a Tourette Syndrome introvert with psychic abilities on the hunt. The deranged duo amp up their rampage, never murdering with the same method, but always with the same untamed ferocity. It's 2014's Scavenger Killers, directed by Dylan Bank, and written by Rachel Robbins and Ken Del Vecchio. Uh, the cast includes the legendary Charles Durning and Robert Loja, as well as the not-so-legendary Dustin Diamond, as well as Ken Del Vecchio himself as Agent Truman, the uh, before-mentioned uh, FBI agent who is in a wheelchair and is a mute, and Eric Roberts is in here as well. So we're going to talk about this movie, which is sort of a, I guess it is a, a horror comedy to some extent. There are moments in it that are supposed to be hilarious. Uh, but actually, I'm going to tell you guys about Ken Del Vecchio in just a moment. But first, I want to get your immediate take. Let's start with our guest today, Mo Porn. Mo, what did you think about Scavenger Killers? Can we talk about the amazing performance by... Robert Bogue. He plays the judge, the one that's mentioned at the beginning. And I have to say, Mo, whatever my reservations about this movie, and I have a lot of them, I actually think he is really, really good in this. He's man, he he is he is channeling Powers Booth throughout this entire movie, and it is amazing. He's playing he's playing it like super manic. Yeah, uh, and super like like macho alpha male confident, uh, and I just wish I, that I wasn't it was... thinking of uh, Powers Booth. I was thinking of uh, Wings Hauser. Oh, I could see that. I could. Yeah, you know... he was. I I literally wrote down low rent Wings Hauser. I also was thinking of that guy from Silent Night Deadly Night Two who says Garbage Day. <laughs> <laughs> so we were all thinking different things. But he's, but he's fantastic. Like I like his performance. Like I like anytime he's on screen, I'm just watching him because like he's such a scumbag and like just a pure piece of shit. And, and just like uh, like he like basically like anytime anybody ever says to me that there's no such thing as toxic masculinity, like I just want to show him like this guy. <laughs> like no no that that's this right here, <laughs> you know. But because it's like fiction, you know, and because he does such a good job at that portrayal, like I mean it's amazing there's nobody else in the movie to be honest that i particularly like cared for like even robert loja gives the worst performance oh. of his career he's you know? he is, he's literally and, sleepwalking yeah he's literally sleepwalking and like charles durning like cl clearly doesn't want to be there you know <laughs> i don't think charlie charles durning was there i think he was shot for <laughs> like like uh, this is something that we'll get into in just a little bit but a number of the movies uh that are have been produced and written by ken del vecchio feature Robert Loja and Charles Durning. And in this movie, I think Charles Durning was shot for a different movie and they just put the footage in this because it doesn't make any sense otherwise. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. He's actually still releasing movies with Charles Durning and Robert Loja and both of them died like four or five years ago. Ugh. 
But what did you think of the movie generally, Mo? Like, did you did you like it? Did you like Scavenger Killers? Honestly, I will say for what it is, like, okay, so it starts off real strong and then just goes downhill slowly through the rest of the movie um, to the point where we finally get to the end. I just wanted it to end. But um, but like that's why I was like saying to you before, like I mostly liked it. You know, it's it's not a good movie. It's not like, you know, and, and I don't know if the message is particularly good, but um, but I found it mildly entertaining in a horrible sort of way. Like it reminded me a lot of uh, like a lot of those old like Skinamax thrillers, but just right. like cranked up to eleven. It's it's difficult for me to separate what I know about this movie with what I actually watched because you're actually right, Mo. This isn't that far removed from like a Fred Olin Ray movie, even right? Yeah. Where yeah. where it's just you know there's a lot of skin, there's a lot of violence, the characters are completely unrepentantly evil, you know, and there's a lot of goofy comedy in the mix. But I have to say, in some ways, I've aged out a lot of a lot of that material, and that's kind of how I was feeling while watching this. But now I want to turn it over to my partner in crime. <laughs> Liam O'Donnell. Liam, what did you think of Scavenger Killers? Well, on a scale of, uh, let's say, La Cucaracha to After School Special, uh, <laughs> this this is possibly surpassing After School Special. Oh, wow. This is like your least favorite. Wait, like, I guess I need to throw out a name to you, Liam. Dark Moon Rising. So after you'll remember, I, I declared... Uh, after school special surpassed Dark Moon Rising as mm. my least least favorite movie we've covered, though for different reasons. Dark Moon Rising is barely a movie, and and if we are evaluating only technically, then then we have yet to watch anything as poorly made and executed and conceived as Dark Moon Rising. It's just horrible, but it's good naturedly horrible. It's, it's, it's horrible because the people who made it don't know what the fuck they're doing. (laughs) Um, after school special is a relatively competent movie in the realm of this podcast. Uh, and, and it's just awful, just awful, awful, awful. This for me is way past that, that like at a certain level, it's just a normal ass low budget horror movie with uh, gore. That's kind of a bummer and without any characters that I care about. And this is, uh, th- there's all these complaints I could make that are just standard complaints that you can make for a lot of movies like this that don't necessarily ruin a movie per se, if there's other things there. Mm-hmm. And there's one or two moments that I think like, Oh, this isn't a bad idea. Like the idea of like our main characters are gross and they kill people and then they're going to up the ante on themselves and they decide to go after a serial killer on paper. You could go some fun directions with that. And that's not the only place where there are ideas that could go fun directions. But the thing itself is so gross and uh, so unappealing. And the fact that, uh, uh, low rent Wingshauser, whatever his actual name is, um, <laughs> is the best part of the movie when he is the most. Disp- in other words, there's no balance. It's it's like uh, you know he should be the uh, the the flavor that offsets other sure. parts of the movie, mm-hmm. and instead it's the only thing happening in the movie, and everything else is. I, I mean, uh, particularly the FBI agent angle where we've got. Uh, uh, fucking 
uh, what's Screech? The, Screech. Screech has to molest a woman to have psychic visions, and he has Tourette's. And then fucking Del Vecchio in the wheelchair doing the worst mocking of sign language I've ever seen. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. just there's just so many things that, like, it's not just that they are offensive in, in some sort of, like, uh, PC way or something like that. They're bad ideas that aren't funny that are filmed in such a way, like, oh, man, this shit is really fucking funny. And it's not. It doesn't work. Then the kills are, like, not fun for me. They're not mm-hmm. smart. They're not interesting. And at the very least, for me to follow a thing where it's, like, these are two awful people and you're supposed to care about their exploits, then there should be, like, some charm there. And as awesome as I, I do agree the performance of Lorraine Ringhauser was, uh, it wasn't compelling enough to carry the whole fucking movie and that's all there is like it was literally him and Liam, the Liam, whole movie I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you but in the IMDB uh, summary of the plot it says that he is a charming judge <laughs> no no he's not charming <laughs> that, to even write that is it defeats the entire well, point well that does bring me to the person who almost certainly did write that which is right. Ken Del Vecchio who is the co-writer of this film the producer of it and a producer of many, many different movies. He's also the founder of the Hoboken International Film Festival and a former lawyer. He appears in this movie, as you mentioned, as a FBI agent, a, a surprisingly strong FBI agent who is mute and has wooden legs and communicates entirely through very exaggerated fake sign language, which is supposed to be funny. So Mr. Del Vecchio, we have to get into a slow, a slight tangent here. Um, he is, as I mentioned before, a former lawyer. He had to leave the craft of lawyering because uh, he now makes politically motivated movies. Uh, he made a film called OBAM Nude, which is an anti-Obama uh, film about a college student played by Del Vecchio who makes a deal with the devil to become president of the United States in exchange for millions of souls. Uh, he made a movie called The Drum Beats Twice, where he plays a blinded mute and uh, a person without hands who finds Jesus uh, in order, I guess, <laughs> to find salvation. He's I'm he's sorry. he's made multiple uh, anti-abortion movies. One called Life Zone. One called Cries of the Unborn. Uh, his latest movie is called Blue Lives Matter. It uh, features Witchblades Yancey Butler. Uh, Witchblade, of course, <laughs> featured on Eric Roberts' is the fucking man. Uh, so that just gives you the kind of of a uh, kind of an idea. Of the sort of shit that he puts out into the world, uh, he was actually just recently in uh, was the feature player in a documentary that he wrote himself called "Renaissance Man," which is about the first Congress candidate in the country to endorse Donald Trump for president. Uh, so I was doing a little research on Del Vecchio, who really just does seem like the worst goddamn person in the world. Mm. Uh, and the first thing that I I found when I was looking up news about him was an article that was just from a few days ago. And it was uh, uh, some sort of panel show that he appeared on where he was defending Donald Trump's recent appearance in uh, in Helsinki and how that all went down. I'm sure anyone listening to this is probably already familiar with it. Uh, and he was, of course, defending Donald Trump and the other person was uh, not so much doing that. But this article was written in a very strange way where it was kept talking about this guy's accomplishments and the fact that he was a power lifter, like Del Vecchio, and that he's produced all of these movies. And then in like the seventh paragraph, it says that uh, that Del Vecchio is the owner of the website that this article is being posted on. It was so disingenuous and bullshit. Wow. 
Yeah. So anyway, fake news is what I'm trying to say about this Del Vecchio gentleman. Uh, but the reason I bring this up is because those political leanings uh, are subtly uh, <clears throat> included in this film. Robert Loggia, the great Robert Loggia, does appear in this movie. He plays a serial killer. However, we're also told that he is a doctor who performs late-term abortions. Uh, which is uh, just a lovely thing. We're also there's also a suggestion that our lead characters are uh, particularly the um, the judge at the core of it is a liberal leaning judge, which is why. And in fact, one of the late things that they include in this is the fact that him and his partner in crime are atheists, so they don't care about anything living. Mo and Liam, they don't care. They're, they 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 don't believe in heaven or hell, so why not just kill anybody? Why don't you just drum? out of a sock or whatever they do in this movie. So what I'm saying is that there is some some leanings in this, even though they are not like really in your face and overt, that I found kind of unpleasant while watching Scavenger Killers. Uh, Mo, did you pick up on that while you were watching it? Well, you know, yeah, as soon as they mentioned that he was a liberal judge, that kind of cracked me up because I'm like, that, there's nothing liberal about this, but... <laughs> All right, you know, and I did pick up on the fact that he was an atheist, and and uh, as an atheist, I will say that he is right, though. There, <laughs> you know, there, there's nothing more fun than than late term abortions and murdering indiscriminately because there is no heaven or hell. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Um, I mean, if there's no God to stop me from raping, then why should I stop raping? Really. I mean, uh, honestly. I hope you're being disingenuous, <laughs> Mopeborn. <laughs> yes, I'm being facetious at best. Um, but yeah, no, no. I, you definitely pick up on the political leanings. Um, they're not exactly subtle or hidden. Mo, Liam mentioned the performance by Dustin Diamond, uh, a.k.a. Screech from the classic television sitcom Saved by the Bell. In yeah, post-porn post Dustin Diamond. This is post-porn. This is recent cleaned-up Dustin Diamond. Uh, here he plays a FBI agent who, as, again, Liam referred to, he gropes a woman in order to have psychic visions as well as suffering from Tourette syndrome, so he swears constantly and has kind of nervous tics as he speaks. Uh, he is one of the uh, uh, comic relief characters in this movie. What did you think of his performance, Mo? Well, he's not funny. That's the problem. Mm. You know, I mean, there's a way of doing some of these things where you can get, uh, you know, I mean, like, like I, I'm of the school where most things are jokeable. Like, you know, like you can make fun of most things. Like there's very, very few truly taboo subjects as far as I'm concerned. Um, I just think he like I just think the way that he handled like, you know, mental disabilities and, and well and physical disabilities in this movie, it's, it's just despicable that being said i mean i still stand by the fact that i enjoyed most of this movie but <laughs> but that you also have to understand that a lot of the stuff i watch is is fairly despicable so yeah i understand that Mo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> i understand it more than most people i would think yeah no, no you absolutely do i think uh i think well just for the for the sake of the eric roberts loving audience who doesn't know who the hell i am you know but that yeah Liam, I want you to do something for me. Liam? Can we go ahead and say no now? Well, <laughs> are you back in the bathroom, Liam? What? No. Right. Okay. Well, I was just I, leaning, I was leaning was, back because I was just prepared. enjoying a nice taco. Uh, <laughs> Liam, can you do something for me? What? Say goodbye to your Nazi balls in a German accent. Nope. <laughs> well, can you do something else for me? Sure. Can you explain... 
what is happening with the ending of this movie? So we discover just to just to bring the uh, audience, the listeners right now, up to speed. Our central Bonnie and Clyde style killers, the judge and his girlfriend, let's say, they are. Uh, if this movie is called Scavenger Killers because they are randomly picking kinds of people, uh, kind of uh, uh, you know, a cowboy, a serial killer, as we mentioned, uh, different kinds of people from different walks of life. They are choosing them out of a sock and then going and killing them. Well, one of the people on. Sorry, Liam, are you going to add something there? Well, I, I to clarify too, that's not actually a scavenger hunt. Like they, they no. make it sound like there's going to be clues, but there's no clues, thus not a scavenger hunt. Uh, so the, one of the people that they choose is the woman, the girlfriend, uh, her father, who uh, it is established earlier, molested her uh, using that exact same sock uh, or a very similar one when she was younger. So before... I'm fairly certain it's a Crown Royale bag, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be that as it may. So the FBI agents that are the comic relief of this movie, they get to this man first, the father, and then the serial killers or our central buying Clyde style killers arrive. Explain what happens after that for me, Liam. Well, um, they go into the house and I guess the father has... Uh, killed one of the FBI agents and incapacitated the other and is in bed cuddling a corpse that is apparently his wife. And um, the the female of the scavenger killers uh, cuts his Achilles tendon, which apparently has almost no effect on him. And he rolls out of bed and pulls a shotgun on her after cutting her face. And then... It fades to black, suggesting that perhaps he and Low-Rent Wingshauser have shot each other. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, while he, he's having this moment with his uh, daughter, um, Low-Rent Wingshauser is pouring acid on the face of Del Vecchio's character. Uh, and then after that scene ends, we see Del Vecchio is in the hospital. He can still hear, but his face has been all melted with acid. And he's brought onto a elevator. And then we hear the sounds of the two killers. They're still alive and they're in the elevator with Del Vecchio and they're going to get him. And one of my favorite moments is that they pull back to show you this and dude has a chainsaw. (laughs) How he brought a chainsaw into the hospital, I don't know. It's literally the most unrealistic chainsaw reveal after the movie pieces. (laughs) (laughs) By the way... uh... Liam, you might remember a few episodes ago, one of the mentions uh, that we made of the recent additions to the Eric Roberts IMDb profile was a movie called The Savant, which is about, I remember the tagline was, only 25 autistic savants in the world, and his skill is fighting. Do you remember us talking about that, Liam? I do, I do. Well, that movie was written by Ken Del Vecchio. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah, see? So I just want to make sure that we're all very aware of this gentleman and what the things that he enjoys. I have to be honest, uh, Liam, I was very confused by the ending uh, and how that transition happened between those FBI agents showing up and then the pile of corpses in the room. I mean, I certainly suspected what you said was the case, but uh, it doesn't come through very well. And then all the acid in DeVecchio's face, as much as I enjoyed seeing it, that didn't make any sense. I was like, what's going I thought they were all kind of playing possum until the killers where, arrived. Yeah, where did where did the acid even come from he just had it in his pocket he just had some fucking acid or something mo where did the acid come from do do you not carry acid on you because i mean 
Like I've got a vial in my pocket right now. Boys got to be safe these days. And why yeah. did he? Why did he? I, I mean, I I guess the suggestion that's supposed to be like super edgy is that he also is a killer or something. I yeah. don't know. It's the whole thing is not clear at all. You may have mentioned. You may have sorry noticed at the very end, by the way, that as uh, as um, as Kendall Vecchio is being rolled out in a wheelchair at the very end of the movie. It stops for a second and pans up and shows the doctor's face. And I was very confused. I was like, why the fuck? I thought it was going to be like this reveal, like, oh, who is this guy? Of course, that doctor was played by Dylan Bank, the director of this, making his little cameo. By the way, Dylan Bank is a regular collaborator with Kendall Vecchio and is equally a piece of shit. Mm. (laughs) Just to put that out there. So let's talk about Eric Roberts. We've cleverly managed to avoid talking about his performance up to this point. He plays an FBI agent named Agent Guthrow. He does interact uh, at great length with Screech, as well as uh, with Del Vecchio himself, Agent Truman, at one point, yet doesn't have a large impact on the plot proper. Starting with you, our guest Mo Bourne, what did you think of Eric Roberts in Scavenger Killers? Honestly, I thought this was a really uh, smart role for him to take, because he's sitting... For about 85% of his on-screen time. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, imagine, you know, you go to work, you get to sit down. All you have to really have to do is say a couple of lines to screech. And, uh, you know, then you get to go home. Job done. I, I, it seems pretty obvious that all of his stuff was shot in, like, a day. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> um, it all looks exactly the same. Uh, and I believe he's wearing the same exact suit for every single scene he's in. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah i mean he's he does a perfectly serviceable job it's nothing to like write home about but it's it works perfectly it's, it, per- it's perfectly. great it's a great eric roberts cameo <laughs> perfectly serviceable job the eric roberts story <laughs> <laughs> over to you liam now you did not care much for this movie at all that's my interpretation from what you've been saying to me up to this point but how did you think Eric Roberts acquitted himself in his small part? It was fine. I mean, it wasn't um, it wasn't one of those opportunities where, despite a movie really being bad, he just sort of explodes and it's really great. Um, but it wasn't terrible either. Um, it just, for me, wasn't particularly noteworthy. It... Uh... I'm glad that he didn't get too sucked into the more unpleasant silliness on display here. You know what I mean? Where, you know, yeah, he's in the room where Dustin Diamond is doing his Tourette stuff, but he's not participating in it. He's playing kind of a hard-ass default uh, uh, FBI character. He, He is fairly nondescript, but I don't think he embarrasses himself, which in this movie where other people are, I guess you could call an accomplishment. Yeah, I mean... He's arguably the one person in this movie who doesn't embarrass themselves. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Liam. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> Liam's enthusiasm is overwhelming for Eric Roberts' performance in 2014's Scavenger Killer. Yeah, you have something to add, Liam? I just, he's, in order for me to feel okay about a, a movie this bad mm-hmm. that he's in, I would need some real fucking stellar work from our man eric you know and and again this when it comes to just focus on eric this is not like fucking uh after school special or was that what's called after school special Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, in which he really did embarrass himself. And uh, he he even embarrassed Ron Jeremy, which is quite a feat. Um, <laughs> so this is not that. This is not like, a, oh, my God, why do we even do this podcast moment? But it's also not a winning moment, moment either. And he was never really on screen with um, – or at least not significantly on screen with um, – Low rent Wingshauser. So I, maybe he didn't realize the stakes, but I feel like in a movie where that dude is like fucking chewing everything he can, it would have been nice for Eric Roberts to kick it up a little bit. I, mean, I, I think that's fair enough. I do want to ask you a quick question, though, Liam, because we have talked about Eric Roberts in like faith based movies, uh, and he has done some politically uh, uncomfortable work in the past. Do you think, Liam O'Donnell, that Eric Roberts should be ashamed of himself? For being in 2014's Scavenger Killers. I Okay, I wouldn't go so far as to say ashamed. Uh-huh. But I do think, and I was going to save this for the final question. But I do think... We have a my, final question? Yeah, when you ask if he's oh, a Oh, right, I remember that. It's my job. Yeah. Um, I will say my patience with him saying yes to everything and then I have to watch it is at this point starting to wear thin. Mm-hmm. If again, I'm willing to put up with all manner of failings of technical uh, uh, mm-hmm. types, but something like this that is just kind of gross and bad um, is concerning. And, and, and the fact that it's not the first time I felt that way is what makes it. If it was, if this was like an outlier, then it'd be different. But, and, and, and again, I I don't think, I think we've done a good job on the show not to make this about the faith-based movies, many of which are bad and embarrassing, but they're not gross. They're just like, poorly thought out maybe or uh or pushing something i mean if this you could have a movie that i i'm assuming this is true this might actually not be true mm-hmm. um but you could have a movie that was pushing a certain agenda that was less gross about it than this but this really is like um right-wing ideology for people who like choking porn i mean that's what this is it's like <laughs> the, the the trump voter who also like wants uh, women to cry in his pornography is like what this movie is for i think that's i think that's a venn diagram that's a just a perfect circle yeah. <laughs> <laughs> endearing well, ourselves to our listeners once again on I, I do i do 100 think that there are those uh trump voters who are uncomfortable with pornography but i do think there's a, a majority of them you're right the, the venn diagram is very large of the <laughs> person who voted for trump who was really stoked on trump who also is like man i really want to see this girl cry like, I think that that is that's what this movie is for. Well, that does bring us to the central question, the the defining element of Eric Roberts is the fucking man's podcast. Or what I should say is this podcast called Eric Roberts is the fucking man. And that's whether Eric Roberts is the fucking man in 2014's Scavenger Killers. Liam, I still feel a little conflicted. I don't know what you're going to go with this. Are you saying that Eric Roberts is the fucking man in Scavenger Killers? Nope, he is not. And uh, I, 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 at some, I just can't, I can't anymore. And I said this, I believe the last time I said this was also after school special. Mm-hmm. I just think I can't. I, I'm willing to support him through all manner of bad movies, but for me, this is just a little too much. And it'd be one thing if he wasn't. I think when Screech is molesting the woman, mm-hmm. 
he could get a feeling that maybe this movie was a bad idea. <laughs> if it was just, he, you know, some of these movies, he's only there for like five minutes and it's like, come on, he didn't know what he was doing. You know, he has no idea. He's, this is a, but you know, he got enough of a whiff of this movie that he might've been like, Hey, this was the bad idea. And I just think this was, this was a bad idea. So no, I can't, I can't with it. I can't. A hearty wag of the finger from Liam O'Donnell towards one Eric Roberts. Now let's move over to, Mo porn. Mo is Eric Roberts the fucking man in Scavenger Killers? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like you were convinced to buy Liam's uh, uh, monologue no, just then. No, 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 no. Eric Roberts is, like I said, he gives a completely passable performance, but he's not like the man. I mean, you know, you've, <laughs> we've seen performances where he's the man, and he's not in this. He's the passable man. <laughs> he's the passable man, true. But he's well, not the fucking man, you know? Can we all agree on that, at least, Liam? Is Eric Roberts the passable man in 2014 Scavenger? He is, he is a man. He is a, <laughs> he is a man. Oh. In this movie. All right, all right, all right. We've, we've, we've reached a consensus. Eric Roberts is a man in 2014's <laughs> Scavenger Killers, a very poor horror film that uh, I feel like is designed to appeal to the the worst of society, which explains why Mo enjoyed it so much. Um, I know it's I can't help it. I like <laughs> the worst of society. Hey, we know it. We're not look. We don't judge here on Eric Roberts the fucking man, except for the last 45 was, minutes where we've just been judging nonstop. <laughs> It's really nothing but judgment. That's why we are the most judgmental Eric Roberts-related podcast, which I said in the opening, so I don't want to see any nasty letters written to Liam O'Donnell on Twitter, at Liam Rules, R-U-L-Z. Anyway, I think we should take you our final... You can actually send all your complaints to uh, Papa John, at Papa John's. Let him know <laughs> what you think of today's episode. That, those get forwarded over to Liam anyway. <laughs> We're going to take our final break. When we return, uh, we're going to talk to Mo. We're going to do some plugging, and we're going to say good night. Don Knotts. Don Knotts. Don Knotts. Don Knotts. Don Knotts. Don Knotts. Don 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 Knotts. Don Knotts. Don Knotts. And that was episode number 79 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man. I want to give a massive thank you to my uh, No Budget Nightmares co-host and pal, one Mr. Mo Porn, who recently has started a brand new podcast. Why don't you tell us all about that, Mo, and where people can find you on the internet? Uh, Yeah, the uh, new show is called Alt Not... Uh, not Jesus Christ. Let me try that one again. What is uh, this new- show, Mo? <laughs> uh, the new show is called Alt.Nerd.Obsessive, or just Alt.Nerd.Obsessive. Um, yeah, you can find it. Uh, every new episode goes up at uh, AfterMovieDiner.com. John was uh, very kind to uh, host it for me. And uh, we do have a YouTube channel. Just do a search for Alt Nerd Obsessive Podcast and it'll come up. It's almost exclusively gameplay footage of us playing Dead by Daylight. But that's, you know, that's what our obsession is at the moment. So uh, it fits into the realm of what the show is about. What else? And uh, join the Facebook group. Just do a search Alt Nerd Obsessive and you will find us. 
I mean, it's a good time for nerds, wouldn't you say? Certainly not a lot of toxic behavior in the nerddom well, community. <laughs> well, and that's and that's honestly that's honestly what a lot of what a lot of the show's about is is talking about, you know, like fanaticism and and like uh, um fandoms and stuff like that and and more and and very specifically uh when there is a toxic community just calling them out on their bullshit mo my understanding is you also have another podcast that you might want to bring up i don't no all right moving (laughs) on (laughs) yeah well obviously me and you do uh do no budget nightmares um we're just coming off our worst episode ever mo Oh my god! It, can we call that the worst episode ever? Though it, it was, was the, the one I, I I enjoyed it the least. I have to say, by a significant yeah, it, amount. Yeah, it was it was painful. People to seem say. to like it just because we were in pain during it. I I don't understand that about our about our audience. Like the the more pain we're in, the more enjoyment they get out of it fucking sadists yeah sadists (laughs) well anyway if you listeners want to check out us being horribly depressed where would they go mo they can uh head over to well again facebook.com slash groups slash no budget nightmares uh join the group join the conversation uh we are on the interwebs you find our archive at nobudgetpodcast.com and all of the new episodes are uh what's that dork on shelf? dorkshelf.com yeah. and mo you're on twitter as well that's my understanding i am i don't i don't post very often but when i do it's usually something exciting <laughs> uh, see, that, see that that was a stripes reference i just made there thank you <laughs> but what is uh, that twitter account mo it's at drunk on vhs Moving over to Liam. Now, Liam, you are on Twitter at Liam Rules, R-U-L-Z, uh, as we've already established. Um, no, I've changed it. It's uh, it's now at Last Jedi Sucks, Suck It, Sarkazian. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Gamergate. Um, <laughs> Liam. Sorry, I was, Liam, I was you sitting are, on that for a while. You're hilarious. Obviously, you've been preparing that material. That's why it's such high quality. Liam, like where five can, days. <laughs> Liam, where can people find you aside from that Twitter account that is uh, offensive, but still, it's it represents it's, your it's, hard right leaning. Mm-hmm. All I all I post pictures of is my balls too. It's really weird. Yeah, well, I mean, look, ten thousand followers can't be wrong. No, um, they really can't. Liam on Cinepunks, what's happening? What's going on there? You releasing any episodes or have you? Yeah, so we just put out an episode, um, a new episode of Cinepunks where me and Josh talk about the Seven Seal and Persona. Um, It's our most uh, elitist, uh, (laughs) fucking uh, uptight episode ever. Um, Liam, speaking as someone who does a series of articles about Pasolini on your site, you guys are uptight nerds. Well, I mean, to be fair, we're just going the other direction. So when we first started Cinepunks, right, you know, the name is meant to combine cinema two things, right? Like cinema. Cin- well, but but also cinema is perhaps the most um, p- pretentious way to refer to movies. Mm. And punks with an X usually means like fucking traveler, dirt, butt flap, face tattoo punks. So we were, we were, we were <laughs> really trying to like combine two worlds like it was definitely opposites or at least different value centers but then on our first few episodes when we first started the podcast we talked a lot about fucking marvel movies it was a summer of marvel movies and we talked a lot about star marvel movies isn't that every summer yeah but at the time i was still uh, cool with that and so um a number of people started referring to us as movie punks as a way to fuck with us uh so you know we we occasionally do try to do like 
slightly more intellectually engaging things, but but I think that's um, not in an effort to alienate people. It's just like it's something we're interested in. We we both like Bergman. We don't really know that much. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like I feel like I've watched a lot of his movies until I actually look at his filmography and I'm like, oh, I haven't seen Jack shit. I'm, uh, I'm, I can I'm, see why you went to his more obscure films like The Seventh Seal and Persona. I did not choose The Seventh Seal. <laughs> I chose Persona because I'd never seen it. Well, good on you, Liam. And I guess we you can start somewhere. Jeez, you're dude. you're absolutely right. So you can find all that at moviepunks.com. Um, <laughs> that's all at cinepunks.com. You can also find them at cinepunks on Twitter. Is that correct, Liam? Uh, yes. And and the gram as well. We're on the Insta. Okay. Well, link that on your own page. Thank you very and much. It's a, and it's a real one, not a Finsta, if you know what I'm saying. What up? All right. Well, Liam is banned from the show from this point forward. Uh, what up? You can find more, if you choose to, about Eric Roberts is the fucking man over at ericrobertsistheman.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at E-R-I-T-F-M. And there is a Facebook group you can do a search for, Eric Roberts is the man, on that as well. Of course, through the website, you can uh, subscribe via iTunes or whatever your bag might be. You can also follow me, Doug Tilly, on Twitter at Doug underscore Tilly. It's T-I-L-L-E-Y. But with that said, it's time to close up the Eric Roberts bag for another week. We will be back again very soon with another Eric Roberts classic. Good night, everybody. Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Eric Roberts is the fucking man. If there's anything that you can do, 